Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm your radio, radio show. I'm your radio, radio show. Hello, welcome to the Not A Nine podcast live at the Cork Podcast Festival. Hey, uh, I'm Niall, and but to my right here, we don't usually talk spatially, but you're all here, so uh, is it my co-host, Andrea Cleary. Hello, how are you all? So uh, we are going to be talking about some of the new releases first um, that have come out, including uh, Big Thief's new album, um, which is called Two Hands, <coughs> and uh, we'll do some songs of the week, including Caribou and stuff as well, and we also have special guests to my left, uh, Rory Bantam. Hello. How's it going? One, two. Hello. Thanks for having me. So Rory's going to be joining us for uh, the next while, talking about the tunes and stuff that we have coming up. But first, we usually start off with some news. Um, and I guess the first bit of news that happened this week in terms of an Irish context was that uh, Dermot Kennedy, the Dermot Kennedy former busker, uh, had the UK number, one, UK number one album this week. He was the first Irish artist in 21 years to get it. Um, Who was the last one? Do you, yeah, do you know what the last one is? Um, it was Ronan Keating uh, with a self-titled album, Ronan. Of course, notable <laughs> for... Was it called Ronan? It was just called Ronan, yeah. <laughs> just Ronan, I just love Ronan. it. <laughs> it had uh, Life is a Roller Coaster on it, that absolute banger. Banger. And now it's all in your heads and you're stuck forever. Um, <laughs> and uh, what was the one that was in the film as well? Uh, in Notting Hill, what was it? Um, you say it best. I think it was that was on it. When as you well, say yeah. nothing at all. So yeah, Dermot Kennedy was the first Irish ar- artist to get a UK number one in terms of albums. He has just been exploding in the last year and a half. You, I wasn't. I was on holidays a couple of weeks ago, and Dre and Luke uh, reviewed the album. How did I, you? You weren't too gone on it. I reviewed that album. Yeah. <laughs> You've nothing else to say about it then? Not in public, no. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, you can listen it's, back it's, to that. It's good. Um, it's, it's good at what it does. Um, it's just not 
as bunny bear as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry, Dermo. Uh, Kennedy actually knocked the Beatles reissue of Abbey Road off the top spot, which maybe says more about where the charts are at these days than anything else. Yeah. Like the reissue of an album on vinyl from the Beatles is actually was actually at number one. So. It's Abbey Road now. Like, yeah, I it's know, not but still, an like, album. Like it's yeah, the well, album. you know, it was it, it's been out a while. I just can't I just can't wait for the Ronan Keating reissue. <laughs> <laughs> twenty one years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the twenty one. Speaking of twenty one, um David Gray has do is doing an anniversary tour, right? Yes. And realized last week he was like he's been announcing him calling it a 20th anniversary tour. And if you look at the number, he's actually 21. So he's lying to us all. David. He's just like he couldn't he was obviously busy last year and he couldn't do anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what else has been going on in the music? Um <clears throat> that uh, Pitchfork had an albums of the decade list. Has anybody got angry over this in the last week? Um I find this one a really interesting one because I can't really get angry about it because I don't know, it just feels so arbitrary to pick albums of the decade. So 2010 to, to current, to 2019. Um, well, it's technically 20 uh, or 2009 because they included a Lady Gaga album from 2009 because of the impact it had I in see. the 2010s. Which when was that actually released on? 2009. When about? What month? Uh, like late, but come on, that's... Like, See, it's just an arbitrary list, so yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, we'll give you the rundown for the top 10, just for some uh, Go 10 to 1 for, okay. for the impact. Uh, <laughs> number 10 is Frank Ocean, Channel Orange, from 2012. Uh, 9 is D'Angelo and the Vanguard with Black Messiah. Mm. Uh, 8, Robin, Body Talk. Uh, 7, Vampire Weekend, Modern Vampires of the City. Woo. 6, Solange, A Seat at the Table. Uh, 5 is Fiona Apple, The Idler Wheel. 4, Kendrick Lamar, to Bimple Butterfly. Three, Beyonce, Beyonce. Two, uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fancy by Kanye. And number one has two albums in the top ten, Frank Ocean with Blonde. And uh, what would be your first reaction to that list, Rory? There's not too much, there's not much rock in there, is there? Vampire uh, Weekender no. in there? No, not really. Um, I mean, that's just the top ten. I actually yeah. found the whole thing very overwhelming because it was 200 albums and you're like, that's quite a lot of albums to even process. And mm. the songs list was the same as well. I will Lemonade's tell you, not in there. Not in, it is, um, I believe it's in the top 20 or 25. Okay. Yeah, wow. but it's not in the top 10. Um, some of the other artists that aren't included in there, which you would associate with Pitchfork, would be the likes of Sun Kill Moon, who was uh, definitely got some very high reviews in the last 10 years from Pitchfork. The likes of Ariel Pink, who they would have championed. Uh, no Nick Cave album in there at all. And then there's some other choices in there, some things you would maybe would expect, like the Subtract album. In terms of like cultural impact, you would expect something like Subtract maybe to be in there. Another massive album from 2012, I believe. It's Alt J and Awesome Wave didn't make it into this list. Taylor uh, Swift's 1989 wasn't there, which I find baffling. Pop album of the decade. Like I'm shocked. Yeah. I expected that. So to her be other in... album Red was in there. Yeah, look, yeah. but like that, I expected that to be top five. Genuinely, okay. like, especially given that Pitchfork are so all over Taylor Swift. Well, they the have time. been lately, for sure. Yeah. Um, other albums I haven't featured in there. This, These two are kind of very particular, uh, we would expect to be there in a top 200 list. James Blake's debut album um, and My Bloody Valentine, um, their return album as well. There are other albums in there, like the Arcade Fire, the Suburbs is in there, but the Re uh, Reflector is not. Um, that makes complete sense. John Hopkins Immunity is not in there. Um, yeah, the Nationals High Violet is in there and Trouble Will Find Me. Uh, sorry, High Violet is listed, but Trouble Will Find Me is not. 
I don't know, do lists like these even matter? Is there just an opportunity for everyone to bitch about things? Well, do you, do you, do you have an album of the decade? Uh, I have an album yeah. of the decade. See, I was trying to think about the answer for this earlier on, and I don't know if I can pick one single one. Because that's the thing. It's I, I think it's easy for us to be like, to, to give out about it and to give out if about people giving out about it. If I was to go, if I was bad for it, it, I would say mine no. would be, maybe like maybe the Kanye one, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Like that is... A that's fantastic chancy. album. So yeah. I would say something like that would be my top. What would yours be? Rory? Yeah, I'd have that John Hopkins um, immunity up there, definitely. Um, just from personal st- personal tastes. Um, the Kanye, was it, is it Yeezus? Yeezus is in there? Yeezus is in the top 20, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of Kanye albums you could put in there. Um, but I think Dark Twisted Fantasy for me as well. I think that I put that in there. Um, so we're agreed. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of. I'm a coward. I don't. I, I. I. don't have one right now. I can't. I get extremely stressed when it comes to yeah. even end of year lists. I become very anxious because <laughs> the the thought that I will miss out on something, and well, that the world will come at me for it. I know because I mean, everyone cares what I think and <laughs> come at me all the time. I mean, it's great. Like these lists are, for me, they're a good like reminder of good albums as well. That's you know, exactly what they're for. To so me. many yeah. albums. I'm like, just that's forgetting. why I love I love end of the year list for that reason. You can go back and like there's now so much music release that you can. By the time you get to the end of the year, there's loads of things you have not heard in that year. Yeah, yeah. Even that subtract album. Like, I just I'm gonna go home and listen to that tonight. You know, I've just completely yeah. forgotten about it mm. until now. It's an amazing album. The other thing is that a lot of people were saying about uh, this Pitchfork list is that there's a bit of recency bias in it. There is nine albums from this year alone. So one of them is uh, Lana Del Rey's Norman fucking Rockwell, uh, which we really enjoyed and reviewed on the podcast very recently. Uh, Big Thief, UFOF, we'll be talking about them in a bit. Solange is When I Get Home. The J. Paul leaked album is also in there as well, but it's, it says 2019 on it's it. So technicality, isn't it? Yeah, well, a bit of a technicality. He, he only technically released it this year. So. And he, uh, under duress, after much therapy yeah. and uh, yeah. a lot. He went through a lot to even put that out there in the first place. Yeah, if, if, if they had included it without him releasing it this year, I think it would have been a bit of a dick move. It's definitely the best album of the decade that was stolen by somebody and put up online. No, I think the OK Computer <laughs> tapes would maybe... Oh, still, yeah. <laughs> ...give it a run for its money. That's like 19 hours long or something. Yeah. you listen to it all? Not all of it. Come I've listened on. to about six hours, maybe. OK. Yeah. I'm th- working my way through it. It's great. Yeah. Um, so it is going to be that time. We're already seeing a lot of these kind of end-of-year lists. The Guardian did a, uh, a best of the decade list, and I can give you their, um, their top 10 in terms of just the decade itself. They do have, um, let me find it now. Yeah, so their top 10 in terms of the last 10 years was David Bowie, Blackstar, uh, PJ Harvey, Let England Shake, Jesus is in there, uh, Body Talk, Good Kid, Mad City, uh, two Frank Ocean albums, Channel Orange and Blonde, uh, Beyonce, Beyonce, uh, Kendrick Lamar, The Bimp Butterfly, and they agree as well. The best album of the 2010s is Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. So. Yeah, like Letting the Shape, PJ Harvey, that album blew my mind when it came out. Yeah, that's another one I've totally forgotten. J. Paul, obviously, for me, like J. Paul, John Hopkins, they're just huge influences on me anyway. Yeah, I think when you have a big publication doing a big list where it's a lot of people contributing, you have to find a way of, like we've been talking about this recently, how do we do this? How do we actually, you have to allow for personal taste somehow and represent, yeah. you know, you know, so you get some surprising choices in there, maybe. Mm. So I think everyone should be allowed to nominate one individual album that they love above all else that goes onto the list. And then you can argue where it goes. Whatever. No, I think you need to be brutal. Just brutal. bring it down to the numbers. Yeah. Just just the num- you if know, it deserves the to be there, people will say numbers. it. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> 
All right, we're going to move on to our songs of the week this week. Uh, and our first song, you ready there, Mike? It is from Caribou. It is called Home. And she picks up all the pieces. She's going home. Baby, I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. Yeah, she's going home. Baby, I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. Uh, that was Caribou with Home, uh, first track from Caribou Dance Nate in about five years, I believe. He's been doing Daphne for the last uh, few years and doing a lot of DJing. So I guess what's notable about this for me is that it is kind of a return to kind of maybe the older Caribou style, the more psych softer, psychedelic, electronic folk kind of vibe. Uh, sample is by Gloria Barnes, Home from 1971. Um, I really like this because it does bring back those kind of both elements. He's been doing a lot of harder dance music as Daphne recently, and it's nice to hear this return. And of course, to be honest, the best thing about Caribou returning, other than the fact that he definitely has a new album next year, is that he's going to be playing a lot of gigs. Uh, and the first one that has been announced is in the Ivy Gardens in Dublin next July. Um, so look, Caribou, one of my favorite acts, so I'm already on board with this. Uh, Rory. I love it. Yeah, it, it's kind of a, an avalanches vibe to it. I think just with the way the sample comes in, but then like when that drops out and his vocals come in, it just reminds you of what he's about. Um, just the way it's mixed from a technical standpoint just is unbelievable um i just yeah i love it and it's it's very short track as well actually yeah it's like two and a half minutes yeah yeah i think i'm already seeing people online like lengthening 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 it and uh, making their own mixes you know it's just okay, it's, yeah. it's great I, I can't wait to see what he does with it himself as well live um just just the way he works the sample in and out the drums as well you know he does gigs with like two or three drummers or whatever yeah so I just can't wait to see what he does on top of this, you know? Okay. Yeah, I guess his live show isn't going to change an awful lot. I would imagine no. he's been, the last gig he did here was in Galway um, last summer. Yeah, in the big top last yeah. summer. And it's the same. It was the same set. You, I was kind of hoping for some new music, but he, mm. there was none forthcoming. But it was good to hear there is some. Um, Dre, you're a Kirby fan, right? I am, yeah. I think this is the most him we've heard him sound in a while. And yeah, like, like you said, like the... The vocals working so well with the sample, I think it's just, it's just a really pleasing sound. It came on last night, um, I was in a car, I think it was, uh, Kelly Ann Byrne played it, um, and it's just such smooth driving music. It's like, just the open road. You're going home. I was going home! Hey, oh my god, hey. I didn't even realise! Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> it worked in context as oh, well. Oh, what a memory. <laughs> but yeah, no, big fan of it this. It does kind of evoke, I don't know, it's kind of retro um Yeah, I think his, his it, early you know? stuff, he's always really good at like evoking some other yeah. kind of nostalgic time with it, the kind of psychedelic 70s kind of folk stuff that was mm. always in there. But Yeah, I was thinking about that instead of my home. That's that's what was happening. That's why it didn't, <laughs> that's why it didn't clock with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess the, the only thing is like, when I've asked a few people about how they 
well, do you like that track? He's like, oh, I really like it, but I hope he has some bangers coming. You know, a lot uh, of people want more bangers from Garvey. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see what he does with the, the rest of the album. Yeah. You know, would it, would it follow this theme or will it go back to the more dance-oriented stuff? You yeah, know? first album in five years, so it'd be interesting to see, or six years, actually, by the time it comes Yeah, and like he's been kind of scratching the, the dance itch with, with Daphne over the years, you know, so maybe he's kind of gotten that out of the way while he's going into a more sample-based psychedelic sound. I, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of fine with that if, it, if it's a much more kind of lo-fi sample based yeah. thing i i would love an album of this to be honest same just yeah like cool. a, more of a kind of hip-hop leaning yeah. sound from him i think would work really well cool all right that's our first track from caribou called home uh up next speaking of bangers is for a song from gesaffelstein get ready gesaffelstein i can't wait to hear this song this is called <laughs> orc <laughs> Gesaffelstein, is that how you say it? Gesaffelstein, yeah. Gesaffelstein, I can never get it right. Some good Sunday um, music there for you. Yeah, so that was your choice for this week. Tell me why you picked Explain that yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you said it just got rid of your hangover. Uh, or maybe give me another one. Um, yeah, I've, I've loved this guy for years, but I hated his last album. Um, he, he did an album with, it was like a collaborative album with Pharrell, The Weeknd, um, Haim. Um, just that sounds lot. awful. Yeah, no, like that yeah, does sound uh, awful. Uh, prior to this, um, he, he made this very dark kind of French touch techno esque kind of sound, which I just adore. Anyway, it really kind of scratched that um, just these Genesis itch that I, I had when I was uh, a kid, you know. So I've loved him up until that, and then he released that last album. I, I was quite disappointed, and out of nowhere, he just, he released this EP. Was it last week? And um, yeah. so, uh, Novo Sonic System six track. Yeah, EP. so um, it, it's. Very simple. It sounds like he's just going back to the original mad sound that he he, he had. But he, this opening track is just, it's like this uh, punk rock techno um, drum bass track. Yeah, just version of what he does. And I just thought it was great crack. So I just. Sounds like the team song to beating up bad guys in an 8 bit video. Some, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, something like that. Uh, well, he's an interesting guy because, like, he shouldn't, like, his music that he makes is pretty uncompromising. And. He's been signed to a major label, Columbia Records, for the last while. And maybe some of that is to do with Kanye yet again, because he did co-produce two tracks on Yeezy. He did, um, yeah, it was Black Skinhead. Black Skinhead. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, so maybe like the 2018 album you're talking about was Hyperion. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty tame compared to any of this stuff. So yeah. I can only assume he did this for the for the cash. He did the album for the cash to keep the major this label album. back. No, the previous the, the one. The previous oh, okay. one, yeah. Right. He shares, right. He's on the same label as James Vincent McMorrow or something. It's <laughs> some kind of wide range of artists on that label. I would like to hear that duet. Yeah, very you imagine? To me. But um, yeah, th that just lost me. But th this came out last week and I've just been driving around Cork very fast to this lately. <laughs> yeah. So I love it. <laughs> 
Is it, have you listened to the rest of the EP? Is it the same kind of buzz? Uh, yeah, it's again, it just goes back to his just fourth, fourth of the floor. It's it's a lot slower. The rest of the tracks are, um, and they're a lot like his, his earlier stuff. Uh, like the track called Viol that, that I loved that he put out years ago. It kind of hearts back to that sound again. So but he, he has been on a major label for a long time, like actually. So yeah, just, yeah, he's been doing really it's well. It's an unusual fit for something like this, you know, the music. Very makes. unusual, yeah. Like maybe I don't know, they get loads of weird syncs for it or something. I don't know. He could, yeah, he, I mean, with the last album, he got a lot of syncs, obviously, with the the collaborators that he did and stuff. But uh, it's to me like he's a guy I've always been keeping an eye on. Like uh, the first track on Move, my album, I was just trying to rip him off, basically. So. <laughs> Um, you heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that just came out last week and it popped in my head. So I've just okay, been rinsing it ever since. That is Gesefelstein with Ork. Uh, up next is Dre's choice, mm-hmm. uh, a band called Black Marble. The song is called Private Show. Everybody lies to stay Black Marble, song is called Private Show. Dre, you picked this one. Tell me more. So I picked this. This is the second Black Marble song that I have um, shoehorned into the podcast in the past month, I think. Uh, they have an album coming up, or he has an album coming up in uh, on the 25th of this month that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, it's on the Sacred Bones, the label. His name is Chris Stewart. Yes. Uh, so it used to be a, t- a two-piece, and now it's just himself there. And it's it's that kind of... It's that music that's a very now thing where it's a sound that makes you nostalgic for a time that you never lived in or a place that you never lived. It's just this completely idealistic kind of notion. Joe Wave? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, no. It's not no, really Joe Wave. No, I, I think it's, it's uh, if I can be so awful as to say it's deeper than that, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just think it's they, they do really, really beautiful things with their synths they're not there for their own sake and they're not there only to kind of um spark nostalgia they they really get use out of them and i, th- I think the lyrics in, in this song are are really kind of striking i'd i'd recommend giving it a a, a little genius alongside um yeah i just i re- just really 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 like their sound only discovered them this year they've they have two albums before this um both of which are fantastic um so i'm just i'm really buzzed about finding a new band that i love it's great <laughs> have you heard of uh, black marble before yeah well i'm liking this it's very warm sound um it's it's, funny. it's it's got the same um same rhythm to the last song actually but it's obviously less make the mix less banging but um yeah no it's, it sounds really nice i really like it um it wouldn't be what i'd usually listen to but it's, it's just a nice warm kind of retro sound to it i love it yeah it's a uh, yeah it's very evocative of of i don't know like come on 80s stuff you don't like it that's fine yeah it's fine well it's fine <laughs> i'm not gonna get i know it. you nile yeah, yeah i know I'm when not... you don't like something and you're it's being fine. polite to me <laughs> it's fine it's very pleasant okay <laughs> is that that sounds like an insult is it it's not 
It's fine. Okay. It's fine. It'd be a nice thing to like, put on the background and I don't know. We're doing the album what? in two weeks, just so you know. No, no, we're not. Well, <laughs> <laughs> don't hold me to that on a, on a live podcast so I can't back out. Um, yeah. Okay, that was Black Marble. The song was called Private Show. Our next track is from Kneecap. It's called uh, Get Your Brits Out. Harassing me, but never roll on the yokes, and it's starting to be a good night out. They forgot all about the time that I said something like Brits out. Arlene's throwing shapes off a yoke, nearly killed her. Jeffrey Donaldson's lost all his filters. Shaw ditch, mate, take two sticks. He got me in a headlock and give me a kiss, and I cried. These Alfords having the crack, showing everyone his old tattoo on his back. Arlene said, Relax, or you'll get sacked. Dirt make toke a buggy. Things get weird when you're whack. Brits out for the night, and we landed in Thompson's. Two Donaldson to double drop to see what happens. Tommy wasn't getting out back at the door. Nice at the front end platform Spike na hee and yard yokes la hee And it's the mill of the fee Creek knee ha These are sweet there sweeties I'm eating them like sweeties Malamore cooler bottles August Malaminis Get your bread set, get your bread set, get your bread set We're on a mad one Get your bread set, get your bread set, get your bread set We're on a mad one Right, that was Kneecap. Song was called Get Your Brits Out. Song came out on uh, Thursday. A bit of background to Kneecap, if anybody doesn't know. Um, I guess they appeared as like uh, kind of Irish language rap duo, um, fully Irish language. And then in the last year and a half, they've gained some notoriety for a couple of different reasons. Uh, first of all, their song Carta was uh, supposedly banned by RT. Now, when you say banned by RT, maybe they just said they weren't going to play it again because they realized what the lyrics were. Uh, because it refers to the PSNI as the RUC, um, that was one of the reasons why RT decided they wouldn't be playing kneecap again. Uh, the band defended the song as satirical. They're from Belfast originally, saying, we wanted a song to break stereotypes. We're not saying we agree with using RUC as a term for the PSNI, but it happens in Belfast. Uh, in Dublin earlier this year, they were ejected from their own gig in, the, in UCD when bouncers apparently took exception to their performance. Um, in Belfast, Empire Music Hall earlier this year as well, the band were criticised for reacting to Kate Middleton and Prince William's uh, appearance in the same building the night before uh, with shouts of Get the Brits Out, uh, leading to the band being condemned by the DUP, which they're very happy about, which kind of led to this song, really. I guess in the last year, they've become real provocateurs in terms of there's a, the idea that everybody, that people shout up the rah as a kind of a an edgy thing to say, or is a kind of a jokey thing to say that is, it's becoming like a meme almost, like people using up the rah as a thing, right? Love the rubber bandits, they've had a tune. Yeah, so I was going to bring this up because yeah. this is basically the 2019 Ulster version of Double Dropping Yokes with Eamon De Valera. Because this song, <laughs> this song is sure. basically them taking, it's kind of silly and smart. It takes the, it's a song about the get your Brits out is basically taking the DUP politicians out on a night out and getting them wrecked. So that's what that's all about. Name dropping on drugs. Arlene Foster and Jeffrey Donaldson as characters on a night out that they take out. So get your Brits out is a reference to them, which are out on a night out. <laughs> so that's it. It was produced by Arvine uh, as well. Um, I'm interested to see what you think about this because, you know, like we've talked a lot in this year about the likes of Versatile and how, you know, it's one thing aiming to be satirical, but it's another to be just failing at that and then attracting an audience who don't get the joke maybe and who are only attracted to you because you're saying certain things. So I'm interested in that idea, especially the same with kneecap. They're kind of playing with that space of stuff you can say and the stuff that 
you know, people are like, oh, go on, it's edgy. You can say that stuff. There does seem to be a bit more uh, in what Kneecap are doing in terms of substance, and they're not fully playing characters because they are do have the ability to talk back a bit about why they're doing something, whereas Versatile would not talk about their controversial lyrics in any way. Or they're just say, pretty much silent, aren't they? They don't say a thing. Well, yeah, I think the only thing they've really said recently is like, oh, you just can't take a joke kind of stuff. So, but... Great again. point. Yeah. That always works really well when you're in an argument <laughs> with people. It's uh, yeah, it's a really good point. Now these these guys seem to like. I, I I think the problem with versatile was that they they sort of rap about things that they they just don't know about. Like they're uh, we we talked about it on um on on an episode, but you know they're lar largely mi middle class lads taking the piss out of poor people basically and I'm just you know saying some really racist stuff in their lyrics and I, I think there's a there's a big difference between being satirical and just being nasty and versatile are on the nasty side of that these lads seem to be you know coming at satire from a place where they actually have some authority or where they can actually not only make the jokes funny but make the jokes from the right place if that makes sense yeah you know? i think it's kind of walking that line in a way that it makes sense when you read their lyrics you're like okay they know what they're talking about but yeah they're obviously pushing it a bit yeah like well they're pushing it a bit but like the memification of up the raw and brits out like it's it's been happening for a while we just haven't had a banger about it yet so i mean it kind of was high time someone had to do it and Maybe no, it's no these better guys. lads than kneecap. It seems. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I mean, it is. It's a banger of a tune. You know, play it live. I, I can just see crowds going mental to this one. You know, um, I've been loosely following these guys up until recently, and like Arvine has put me onto them, and I know he he did some fantastic production on this track. So I really just want to see them live. I haven't seen them live yet. You know. Yeah, that's the other thing. I guess the notoriety, uh, you know, means that they can sell tickets live mm. and all that kind of stuff. It's where any band will make their money these days is live. You know, so these things are just things you can put out in the world almost to just grab the headlines a bit more and also, you know, for your live fans because they sold out the Academy recently. I think they played down Cypress Avenue recently here. As Cypress well. Avenue, yeah, and that looked. Mental. They, they seem to be selling out everywhere here. Yeah, I mean, they're as a band, they're way more interesting to me than versatile are anyway. I mean, they they rap. I think again. the audience are getting the joke though. I mean, it's hard to. I don't know. Say that about every uh, generalize about a group of people, but like, you think if they weren't rapping about these kind of edgy topics or using that, those kind of oh, you can't say that kind of thing. Would mm. they be as interesting to people as they are now? Um, I'd say not. I mean, you know, you, you do this stuff, you try to get uh, traction online, really, with this this kind of thing. And it does, it, it works for them, you know, even versatile. It, they get bad publicity, but it's still publicity, you know, so. I think uh, you can say that about most satire, that you, yeah. can, you, you can accuse somebody of being um, controversial, controversial for the, for the sake of it, but satire done well um, is difficult. Um, and yeah, I think these these guys are managing it, you know. And I'm always struck by how unreal the Irish language sounds when it's being wrapped because like I don't you don't hear it like ever. And yeah, it's just it's, it how they great. how they weave in and out of mm. it in this. It's yeah, just that really is notable pleasant. here. The last yeah. couple of songs they've had, they had a full uh, uh, English language uh, track called Hood, mm. and this one actually does have both in it. What I like about this one is that I I don't I don't have any um, Irish really like a cupla fuckle, and I managed to kind of 
get around what they were saying so it was yeah. kind of accessible um for me as well yeah it's it's like like i guess it's interesting from a satirical point of view but i'm more interested in what's going on underneath what they're saying i think the production mm. on it is really really strong yeah as a tune it's great yeah you know yeah yeah, definitely one of the live bangers they're going to mm. put out, I'm sure. Um, okay, that's it for our songs of the week. This week, we're going to move on to an album of the week. We are going to discuss the fourth album from Big Thief. It is called Two Hands. We're going to hear a bit of a track called Not. Here. It's not the energy reeling, nor the lines in your face, nor the clouds on the ceiling, nor the clouds in space. Two Hands is uh, Big Thief's fourth album. It's their second album this year. We discussed UFOF earlier this year on the podcast. Um, and we were both big fans of it. It was the first time I really got into Big Thief. It is uh, their third album that was. That was recorded. Um, that band was that album was recorded in Washington State. And this time it was in uh, Sonic Ranch, Ranch Studio, which is where a lot of the Bonnie Vers album, I believe, was recorded uh, near El Paso near the Mexican border. Um, they have described Two Hands as the Earth Twin to the May release of UFOFs, the Celestial Twin. And it kind of makes sense in a lot of ways because there's a lot about this album that's about the the body and the corporeal aspects as opposed to UFOF, which was very much like, we described as like impressionistic kind of folk music and very much like a almost a deja vu album. Like it seemed to occupy kind of a magic hour space, something that wasn't quite there, wasn't quite real. And this is very much concerned, chiefly concerned with um, what's real and relationships and, and feelings and bodies. Um, so Dre, you're, you're a massive fan of, of the band already anyway, and I know you've been listening to this a lot the last few weeks. So why don't you tell me a bit about how you're feeling about this album, their second album in one year. So I feel like this year is the year of Big Thief, finally. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so blown away by what they've managed to do this year. Like if they'd left it at UFOF, I still think it would have been their year, but Jesus. And then they, yeah, so they came along with this. It's, it, it is that kind of opposition to you, like UFOF is this really kind of, if you haven't heard it, it it's really kind of lush and lots of like layered vocals, very um otherworldly sounding and the themes on it reflect that it's um very concerned with space and the other and you know traveling through time and space and and that kind of thing whereas this 
you know, as, as is reflected in, in the recording studios that they chose, this is very much centered, two feet planted on, on the earth. And e even in terms of how they recorded it, they sort of got into the space, got as close together as they could, and they rec they recorded most of these songs, or all of these songs uh, in one take, and two of them have like no overdubs in the vocals. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just Adrian Lenker's vocals, which are so kind of powerful and, and visceral and um, yeah, just sounding really, really earthly and human. Um, it's it's a phenomenal achievement to release two albums in a year either way, but to release these two albums in particular, I think they've just done. It's in the space of six months or something, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, May was when UFOF came out. They started recording this like four or five days after they released. finished the, well, or released the other, yeah. No, finished recording the other. And right. they sent that off in the post where albums go to the record <laughs> label and then they went Sent to a physical copy to Spotify's headquarters. Yeah, yeah. Here, look after this for Yeah, us. exactly. <laughs> we'll send the other half later. Um, yeah, and then they got back in the studio. Uh, we, we saw them... Um, Figure Street, it? yeah. Figure Street, yeah. And they just played... Just after the album came out, probably June or maybe late May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. And, and they played... Uh, Adrian Lenker was like, yeah, this is, a, this is a new song we've been working on now. And we're like, how? The album came out like a week ago. What? And I think it was... It was not, not yeah, because yeah. I remember that song uh, really stood out yeah. to me that night. And then I heard well, it when they first released it. Well, they didn't UFOF, which I'm still furious about. still but, mad about it. You had well, to get over it. Yeah, album of the year, but, or song of the year, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, you were very angry about that. It was like, they couldn't play my song. No. Yeah, but I remember them playing this song on the night. It was yeah. like particularly standout. It was one of those songs that like you've heard, you feel like you should have heard it before. And it's kind of like an old friend. You're like... Oh, I'm very familiar with the song. Yeah, I've heard it once. It's a really interesting point. Yeah, like I've only been getting into these guys over the last two weeks. Like, a oh. series, like I've been diving into UFOF, and then they released this fucking album. So <laughs> I'm like overloaded with big teeth at the moment. Um, and I, I love them. Um, I've been going down like, this YouTube rabbit hole lately. Like in terms of, um, like how how grounded this album compare is compared to the last one. I can kind of see it in how they play live i actually came across them playing on the playing this on the colbert show and i could see just how the band communicate they're all just constantly looking at each other and stuff yeah. and you, you could tell that's how they recorded the last album just in a room eye to eye just trying to get things right but you can also hear how loose it is like how some tracks on this album just kind of um i wouldn't say peter out but they just end naturally you know it's, it's like you're just in the room with the band whereas with ufof there's a bit of more of an ethereal um vibe to it you know um but there's the, moments yeah, the, here as well where you can hear adrian say like take it away yeah, or, you know, yeah she's, yeah, she's kind of giving instruction to the band and you can nearly hear them move closer in a way yeah. to the mic it's it's really like you're there it's absolutely stunning like it's yeah didn't they say recently in an interview that uh either adrian and the drummer or him guitarist they went we used to go for runs every morning together, so they were actually totally in sync with each other. That was kind of the idea. Oh, no, I didn't so hear that. So they would be in step with each other, both mentally, physically, and then in the studio as well. So Yeah, they're they're uh, mad like that. Like yeah. They're, yeah, they're great. <laughs> yeah, I have so, to say... So it's, we're largely, because we don't talk about the album before we do it on the podcast, and so we're largely positive, I assume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say okay. this is a lovely companion piece to UFOF. It is uh, more grounded, as you say more earthly, uh, more intimate, um, less concerned with the big picture and more less textured, but 
it's kind of visceral in that way. There was a lot of lyrics that stood out to me as well. Just um, there's one in Wolf that just says, uh, just when she holds me in her jaw, all my blood dripping, will I be free to cease gripping? There's a lot of those kind of you know, like lyrically very interesting as well. And it, like for me, it often takes a few listens to get into the weeds of, of lyrics and how they make me feel about things. But I'm, I'm feeling it's very much driven by lyrics as well. A lot of this album, um, Not is one of the songs of the year. I mean, they are released for me. You said UFOF is one of the songs of the year. I said UFOF. Cattails from, the from UFOF the is, is one of my songs of the year. Yeah. So they've already released two of my favorite songs this year. So... I think they're doing pretty well. This album alone has two of my songs of the year on um, Forgotten Eyes and Shoulders. I think are both absolutely stunning. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. With, with this album, it's so much easier to kind of get into the the lyrics in it because UFOF is so, you know, lofty lot, and out yeah, there. It's yeah, it's on. like it's like a Joanna Newsome thing where mm. you have to kind of really sit down and think about what's going on and, and work out what she's saying. But Lenker has really kind of stripped down her metaphors and uh, there's moments in it where, you know, some some lines are only two or three words and yeah. she's just manages to to get all of this. But the, the, the lyrics are very much concerned with like the earth and Mother Earth and who we are as people. And it's a whole lashes to ashes, dust to dust thing. There's a there's a line on it that I'm just like, oh, my God. It's forgotten plants in the fossils of earth and they're long past, but they are no less the dirt of the common soil keeping us dry and warm. What? What? Like, unbelievable. <laughs> like, you just popping that in a song. It's like, it's absolutely stunning. And she's always been really, really, really poetic. But I really think that not only have they come so far as musicians that work together very well like particularly their drummer i think is is drummer is amazing yeah better than ever you know um but her as as a lyricist and as a poet um like you you can take these these songs and just read them as poetry and it's just so stunning like yeah like i suppose on the last album the drums kind of come to the fore a bit whereas in this one it's a bit more laid back but uh it still has a nice groove to it you know um i'm getting a lot like when i listen to them first it's funny i got I've got some like elliot smith vibes to them and like she looks a bit like elliot smith <laughs> i only noticed it at the other day she could be his sister yeah, yeah. um like really early rem you know there's kind of a early grungy folk sound to them you know which it's it's familiar to me but for, to, to music that I used to listen to a long time ago. So this is kind of coming back, but in a whole new package, you know, I'm, I'm just loving it. It feels like I've, it's, I'm listening to a double album by them now because I've just gotten this new album. It's pretty much that, right? Yeah, yeah it's pretty like much. two sides of the same coin. Recorded. Yeah, that's how it feels to me. Weeks apart. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. I haven't bought either of the LPs yet because I'm just waiting because they're obviously going to release it as a double LP. Oh, I hope they do. Just but... tape them together or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just meh. Oh. I've, okay, I've so had many feelings your final about verdict on uh, compared to how would you compare it to UFOF? I mean, in terms of your enjoyment, if nothing else, um, I it's it's Sophie's choice. They're both my children. Um, yeah, I think UFOF is still, for my money, the best song released this year and most other years. Um, but this this is more of a window into um, a band at work if yeah. that makes sense yeah i think yeah. that makes sense they're just on form like, yeah uh, total totally flow. Yeah. yeah oh and you're a fan as well i know you are 
<laughs> big fan of Big T. Um, you were talking about him, Owen, from Point of Everything's in the front row there. He was talking about Big T for long before I was, for sure. Um, but I'm only, I'm only into him this year pretty much after these two albums. Uh, I would take UFOF and then put Not On as a bonus track, and I'd be happy with that. Well, I, yeah. I've created a playlist called 2FOF, and um, I'll post and it on my Twitter. Um, so yeah, it's got the best of both worlds on it, I think. Great, okay, we're going to hear a little bit more of a track from the album from Big Thief. This is called Forgotten Eyes. album of the week from Big Thief did you have something else you want to say I didn't talk about her vocals I'm really sorry but god almighty they're very they're very good and they cut out a lot and it's very emotional that's that's it I'm done now yeah okay that's a final word on uh, Big Thief's album Two Hands Uh, usually towards the end of the episode we're going to have a panel in a bit but uh, before Rory leaves us we're going to ask him uh, what have you been up to lately in terms of music you've been releasing tunes and stuff yeah you're working on a lot of music you did some shows with Loa as well yeah, um, so myself and Loa, we're, we're going to do more shows next year. We're just prepping for that. We're going to do more releases next year. Um, when I last saw you, it was at Sounds from a Safe Harbor. Um, I was just after doing a gig with God Knows and Denise Chyla. That was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, s- since then, actually. You want to do more of them? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to do, we're booked for It Takes a Village next year. I really want to play at this stage with them, yeah, I would say that. Hmm? Quick, where's Joe? Am I allowed to say it? <laughs> yeah, he's not here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> shit um yeah it's like, not like it's live <laughs> since that yeah like since then i've been um on a big hip-hop buzz just working on ideas for god knows literally just doing a beat a night for like three weeks and sending them on to him so that's where i'm going i'm still i'm trying to fit in my own stuff in between that as well and um a few other things that i can and you're gonna do more shows with loa as well yeah definitely sure? yeah it's uh, what we did was it was myself loa and brian dylan from melty brains um as a trio uh, we did a mix of our own tunes like loa and bantam and we brought brian in on top and we did some covers and brought in some new ideas on top of that so we really want to expand upon that loa is actually going to play that in that set with feda to fill in for me and brian in iceland airwaves um upcoming so i I couldn't go unfortunately so fed is going to fit in for me that's a bummer it is a big bummer yeah uh just have you been to iceland before never been no i'd literally i have to go to the u.s for work so i had to turn it down so uh that's where i'm at you're stuck with the man i know i know but yeah that's that's where i'm at Um, uh on the way over though you know you can just stop stop over the way yeah yeah. just get a lift whatever yeah there's always loads of american tourists in iceland that's true 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 yeah Okay, now you've been to Iceland, we got (laughs) it. Well, it's great. Um, And so, uh, anything you've been watching, reading, or listening lately we should know about? 
you'd like to recommend? Um, what did I watch recently? Um, that Breaking Bad movie, El Camino. I heard it's terrible, but I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. I, I, oh, you're covering your ears. Okay, I can't say anything about that. I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just said I heard it's terrible. I don't don't really tell guess. me that either. I no. I didn't. Twitter told me that. I don't mm. <laughs> Um, What else? Is it terrible? You can tell us. Is it terrible? I enjoyed it. Great. There. Okay. That's it. Great. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Um, on top of that, uh, what else am I reading? Um, I'm reading a book about Jeff Emmerich. He's the um, an engineer who worked with the Beatles. Um, really interesting book. Um, it's just like basically when he was about 18 or 19, he got a job in Abbey Road Studios just as the Beatles were starting. So it's it's kind of a third person perspective on, on on the Beatles' rise, you know, from in the studio. So some amazing stories in there. A lot of really that nerdy sound engineering anecdotes in there and stuff, but just some cool stories as well, just about the Beatles and how crazy a time it was for them. So really recommend that. What's that called? Um, Here, There and Everywhere. I think that's the name of it. My mind's just gone blank. But um, <laughs> Jeff Emmerich is the guy. and It's an amazing book. Great. Um, Dre, what have you been? What's been consuming you? I have been reading the new Philip Pullman book. It's the second book in the Book of Dust series, which is the... Prequel slash sequel, he calls it an equal, to the His Dark Materials series. And I'm also looking forward to the HBO show. So I'm very much in that world at the moment and enjoying that. Um, what, what, what are the other ones listening? Um, the new Tandem Felix album is unbelievable. Uh, really, really great. Uh, I've been kind of enjoying just walking around, listening to it. It's a nice walk around album. Yeah, um, we're going to finish the show later on with a track from yeah, the album. Yeah. The album's called Rom Com. The album's called Rom Com, yeah. Uh, that's, that's been great. And watching. Do you know what I watched is the James Acaster Netflix special that's in four parts. Um, and I watched them all straight through. <laughs> They're like 50 minutes each. And I just watched all of it. And it, it just does really interesting things within the stand-up comedy kind of medium that I haven't really seen done before. I don't want to give anything away, but if you haven't seen cool. it, would absolutely recommend that. Um, he's very charming and very funny. Um, and I'm... I, I think everybody's loved James Acaster for like two or three years now and I'm very new, but his Netflix series is excellent. Yeah, very good. Okay. I don't I'm not familiar with him, to be honest. He's on all those panel shows and stuff, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah he's around. Uh, I've been watching Big Mouth season three, which is very good. Um also a short film that we uh that uh, ruined Van Vallee, the drummer in Squarehead and an illustrator if based in Dublin. Um, he does a lot of uh, artworks for us for uh, Future Proof, the series that we do in Bellabar. And he put out a little short film during the week called The Snare, which is well worth a look. It's three and a half minutes. It's a very short animation about a fake history about where a snare came from and the drummer, how the drummer joined the band. Okay. It's very interesting and it's, it's really nice. Um, just, just something he did on the side, I think. Uh, very much for it watching. I've been talking about, uh, in this context of uh, this part of the uh, podcast, I've been talking about Succession for the last oh, six weeks. Uh, but there is a music it. angle. Pusha T jumped on a on a remix of the Succession theme song this week. <laughs> uh, it was more like, ah, that's cool, it happened. I don't want to hear it that much. Um, <laughs> but it did happen. I have heard from everybody that the Succession... A reminder succession, to watch that show, it's great. Yeah, well, everybody has said that the Succession theme is a banger and I don't listen to it until I watch the show because that's how weird I am about spoilers. I don't want the, the theme <laughs> song spoiled for me. But um, 
yeah, apparently it's a banger. So I will watch it, I promise. Yeah, it is great. It is great. And then music-wise, I'll be listening to, you mentioned Town of Views, we're listening to that for a bit. Also listening to a new album from Kit Philippa from Belfast. Uh, mm. Really interesting album and uh, very intense and a great new talent for sure to check out. Okay, I think that's it for that part of the show. Uh, we'll First be back half in, done. Yeah, we'll be back in two minutes once we get our panel up. Um, and in the meantime, thank you, Rory, for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having me. Um, all remains for me to, and Andrea to say thank you very much for attending everybody thank you. and thanks for the Cork Podcast Festival for having us uh, Ed and Joe and Ashling and Keelan thanks so much uh, we're going to finish with uh, well if you're in the room tonight obviously stick around because Sing Along Social is coming up with ABBA versus Fleetwood Mac um, but we're going to leave you with a track uh, from one of the, our favourite albums of the last few weeks from Tandem Felix from Romcom. this is a song called Oil Money thank you
Crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.